Deborah Bishop, nice to see you. Hey girl, hey Miss Julie Moon, how are you? I am very good. I'm very good. Thanks for coming into my space today. I am happy to be here. I love your background. That is so nice. Thank you. It's actually just a divider. I have like a whole other room behind me, but this is like, I found it at, uh, where did I find it? Online at Target. <laughs> I love it. For those who can't. For those who can't see, because a lot of people listen to the podcast, do you want to describe it? Uh, it's it's a room divider, basically, but it's like a printed fabric. And um, for my art, I do a lot of heart art and peace, and that's really a lot of message. So it has peace symbols all over it. And actually, it says peace up at the top, but you can't see it. It depends on how far or how close we are. But it's a bunch of peace signs, different colors, and kind of a, I don't know, what would you call it? A distressed sort of background in a way. I love it. And I, I love that your hair is so vibrantly red at the moment. I love your hair. <laughs> the red in your backdrop. It has gotten um, very vibrantly red over time. And <laughs> I like it. It suits my personality. That's wonderful. <laughs> Hi, welcome to the Creative Podcast. Glad you're here today. Jilly at The Creative and welcome to another episode of The Creative Entrepreneur podcast where I interview leading female executives, digital and creative disruptors and entrepreneurs who share their insights, tactics and strategies that made them successful passion leaders. So this podcast is very special to me because I'm sharing topics around creativity entrepreneurship or a little bit of both and I'm focusing a lot lately on women in business and that tends to touch on some really juicy discussions of strength empowerment life stories which get ready for this dev and taking the path least travel which brings me to today's podcast I am excited to have Deborah Bishop here as my special guest and I'm going to share a little bit about her and then I'm sure you're going to hear a lot about her from her own mouth. Deborah is a uh, both an award-winning performing recording artist and a highly noted energetic practitioner. So we're going to hear all about what she practitions in. In her private practice, she specializes in helping entrepreneurs, so she's using the tag, great, in moving from their survival patterns that run on autopilot to the conscious creation of the success and life they deserve. This is so, so cool. And in case you want to just immediately go and see what Deborah is all about, her website is welcome to bishopworld.com. And you can find her on Instagram at join Deborah Bishop or Twitter, Deborah Bishop's Place. All right. So, Deborah, I've got a juicy topic today. But, but first, before we get into the topic, I just wanted to hear from you. How are you doing? I haven't spoken to you in forever. And I'm mm. just like, what's been going on with you that the rest of the world can know? <laughs> well, there's a lot going on. Some of it I have to sort of stay quiet on. But um, and and some of it is just uh, 
Interesting. Life is always fascinating and interesting. Um, it's been a very, it's been a, a bit of a roller coaster over the last few years. And uh, I feel like I've, I've, I've learned how to put my hands in the air and just, you know, <laughs> go wee, as opposed to hanging on and being terrified. Um, and that's been a, a life learning, you know, because as much as I want to say I courageously go forward, because that's very much how I live my life. Um, it's not always easy to let go and just trust that everything will be okay even if that's what you teach and live by it's still not always easy to do so that's been a, a big part of my journey i'm doing a lot of music i'm doing a lot of writing um and Thanks. i've been doing I've, I've kind of gone a little bit back i guess i i would say into um my roots which are a little bit more woo-woo, quote unquote, um, but using intuition and, and empathy and um, and just the gifts that I've been given um, to really help guide and serve others. And um, that's been really amazing to sort of, not that it hasn't been a part of who I've been all the way along, but it's been something that when I moved to Nashville, I kind of sort of stepped back from a little bit because there's a lot of judgment around it. There's a lot of things and, and not knowing exactly how people were going to respond. I just kind of couched in, in different ways. Uh, but it's been very freeing to kind of own all of those parts of me and not mm. not sort of be silent uh, about these things. And that happened after a pretty significant car crash where I'm very lucky to be alive. And I just went, you know what, I'm done. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna hide any parts of me because I live by the motto, what you think of me is none of my business. <laughs> So I decided to make that an actual truth. And so that's, um, that's been probably the, the, the biggest sort of things that have been happening for me recently. I have a lot of uh, clients that I've been helping on a more of a spiritual path. And, um, and I've just always been a spiritual person. So that's been a really sort of full circle for me in a lot of ways. And I'm grateful mm -hmm. for that. And it comes out in my music and it comes out in my arts. I'm wearing, you can't see it, but this is my energetic arts. What energetic arts? Of course, I should have it backwards. So you On your t-shirt, right. Yeah, mm -hmm. and that is, um, that's really, um, that's my visual arts. I've been um, working with a friend of mine, Miss Utash, who I adore. And uh, we digitized a bunch of art and then went in and did um, different things to it digitally and created mm -hmm. energy totems. So um, my visual arts, kind of entering into the arena too i just finished an ebook which lists all of the different the, the first series that has all of the um meanings and so forth so i'm going to put that up on amazon here in the next month oh my gosh uh, i mean in the first minute i've heard you be so prolifically creative uh the spiritual path the music the uh the 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 ebook that you're going to put on amazon like what don't you do that is amazing i love that about you you're always so very creative and um and my sad uh, yeah it's my sad. yeah no just it's just so yeah keep going tell tell us more I mean it's it's a lot it's great love it um very inspiring thank you and I appreciate that and I always feel the same for you too because you know for you you've been I've, we've known each other for many years since we were mm -hmm. little tiny children <laughs> <laughs> yes because of course we're still little tiny children mm -hmm. um, but um you know, you're a massive inspiration to me because you've always been so um, amazing at sort of putting things in front of you and just doing it, manifesting it, you know, mm -hmm. allowing it to happen in your life and stepping in. And um, 
it's it's been such a, a privilege to call you a dear friend Aww. and um, to be able to watch you um, evolve as not just an artist, but an entrepreneur yourself and a really prolific and profound businesswoman and an amazing mother. Um, and that's just, I'm, I'm privileged to be part of that journey, I think. And, uh, and so, you know, we're not that different because you're constant, you're always flowing. You're always, this is like the next for you. This is mm -hmm. kind of going to your roots in a way too, I think mm -hmm. encompassing. And I think we have this in common uh, that all aspects of us are merging into mm -hmm. this, this next reality. And that's the thing I think I'm most excited about. You know, uh, I'm just, I just took a note there because there's so much that you've just said and, and, and it's not even our topic today, everybody. <laughs> but you said something about owning all parts of me and, uh, and then you, and, and I really see that about you. You've always been able to, at least from the outside, I look at you and you're being able to do so many different streams of yourself, uh, where whether it's your spiritual self, your business self, your creative self. And it's it's really inspiring to see that. Um, and uh, yeah, I think I've been going through this metamorphosis, I, I guess, or re renaissance, I'm not sure, of myself, of bringing all of my brands together as well for the first mm -hmm. time. Um, mm -hmm. I've, I kept my Jilly Moon artistry very separate to my Jilly Aliotti business self. And now I'm bringing it all together in the creative, which is very exciting to have both entrepreneurial uh, aspects the coaching aspects and the music and creativity and the podcasting aspects all smashed together and going and then you said something about what people think of me is none of my business and that's so true it's really like living your truth and owning your truth and once you get to really living your truth you're able to uh, free some of the blocks self-sabotaging blocks of the past and move forward into newness into creativity into opportunity into abundance all of these amazing things so I, I'm definitely on a journey I'm I still feel like I'm a little child doing that um and so I love gathering people around me that are on the same journey as me <laughs> so yeah very nice that you brought that up um well wonderful I'd love to bring up our topic today um and it might weave into what we're already discussing um Today's topic is uh, about getting beyond survive uh -huh. to thrive uh -huh. as, as an entrepreneur, as a female entrepreneur. So I'd love to hear from you as to, and, you know, feel free to share some personal experience wherever you feel comfortable, like overcoming or at least, oh yeah, overcoming the surviving piece and how you're able to flip it into thrive and maybe we can do, do some definitions as well so what do you think your definition is maybe of actually thriving to me thriving is living a life that's fully expressed and just on purpose where you, you feel connected and and it's highly profitable and i and that's a i i use a lot of terminology that can relate to money as well as as life in general because um profitability just like wealth is something to me that is um it's everywhere. It's not just what's in your bank account. It's not the material world alone. It's also like, I've worked with so many clients that have so much more money than they would ever know what to do with in, in five lifetimes, but they have no relationships working in their life. 
or you know their kids don't talk to them um, and have kind of they've they've been estranged for years, or their health is really suffering. Or I've worked with others where yeah, you know they they're living this good life, they have everything they think they need to have, um, but they have no life because they are constantly working, constantly trying to figure out how to get to the next and how to get more. Like when is more enough? You know, and to me none of that is wealth. None of that is really being truly profitable. So to to really thrive in life is in my opinion to be fully expressed to really feel like you are living your best life and mm -hmm. and being your truth and being authentic um and to to also feel that you have the time freedom you have a choice you you are making those choices of your own free will you know and and you're you're living your purpose you're it doesn't mean that everybody's going to necessarily work in a career that's completely wholeheartedly fulfilling their soul but that doesn't mean they can't do things alongside that career that fulfill their soul and hopefully those things will ultimately merge and connect you know because i think that's what yeah. we're really here to do and yeah. then of course have the money have the ability because it's so much nicer to live life when your needs are exceeded and that's really subjective to anybody you know how much is enough I don't know how simply do you want to live how complicated do you want to live so to me to be profitable is to have your needs exceeded whatever those are do you feel like um it's hard to and this might be a rhetorical question because we may know the answer but to really own or embrace profitability or financial abundance it's really tough touchy touchy term I mean from my own point of view I have it, it's taking me my entire life to really be comfortable with making money and I've made money I've lost money I've had no money I've had made a ton of money um but I was brought up in a in a, an interesting kind of a humble way we weren't really supposed to ask for a ton of money a lot of stuff there right so what's your perspective on that I think that the money relationship I've done lots of work on it I have a virtual retreat that I do on it um mm. what I'd love to do is a physical retreat one day uh I have a literally a 50 page workbook that I created mm. and it's 12 modules and we do it in a weekend or we do it as a 12 week or whatever um I haven't done it recently but well you better get that one out because we yes, might yes I know it's there <laughs> you know I'm, I'm it's it's literally building your relationship to money I I honestly believe that money is one of the most uh committed and dysfunctional relationships of our life that we never agreed to mm. because we never agreed to it we were just born into this reality right. that money yeah. is what it is and therefore you must and everybody has stories around it they have stories based on their legacies of what their family has been what their family before that was um what they were told you know it was not polite my family not polite to talk about money ever right. we never yeah. do that and so they never talked to me about money i wasn't necessarily good um, and you know and and in my life money was used kind of as a bit of a, a I won't say a weapon it was used like there was a lot of dysfunction in my life and we don't have to go off because it, this isn't necessarily our topic but it does relate to moving past survival and for me money equated to this idea that instead of being apologized to things would happen and suddenly it didn't matter what you did you were in the doghouse for however long and it was like kind of emotionally abusive there's some mental illness there and um <laughs> 
when when they came but when they came out of this sort of whole spectrum instead of an apology or ownership or even an acknowledgement that this has been going on for a couple of weeks there was a check on the dresser or there was a shopping spree okay. and those were fun admittedly but what it taught me about money was very dysfunctional and that's the thing. We all have these stories. We all have these, these realities around money. And so we have this highly dysfunctional relationship to money, but we don't realize that we have it. And money is the one inanimate object that we treat as though it has um, the ability to change us, that money can somehow corrupt us. You know, mm -hmm. and money is not anything like that. Money is a magnifier. The more money you have, the more who you are is magnified because you have a greater reach. So if you're a not nice person, um, you're going to be a not nice person with lots of money. And if you're right. a really nice person, you're going to be a really nice person with lots of money. Money, money does not change our personality. Yeah, money is definitely an energy, and it's um, and it's interesting that you said that. Like like money begets money. Um, once you once you realize once you've been able to make a decision which can take a lifetime uh to attract money uh you can you can continue to attract that money because you your whole persona your whole mental mindset your opportunities your ability to go get it you know you change that mode uh, until that point you you can feel trapped because you don't know you don't you not you don't, you don't think you can you're not you think you're not allowed to you don't give yourself permission because no one else gave you permission in your life and so you it's like you feel like you're in this trap and mm -hmm. therefore you're in this survival mode versus the thriving mode and and i remember distinctly distinctly when that switched for me it was actually uh i was going out with uh, my my then boyfriend now husband Jeff on a date um it was 2005 maybe 2006 probably 2006 and I had been living up until that point running my own record company as an indie artist uh taking the dregs of the gigs yes I I did a lot like a tour of the world da, 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 but I was like living off the skin of my what is it what the skin of my teeth and I'm just like mm -hmm. barely balancing the paycheck right because that's what you did as an indie artist and that's what I was brought up to be resourceful and do it yourself and you know I remember you said something to me I'd never heard before my parents taught me to was it live off the smell of an oily rag oily rag <laughs> live on the smell of an oily rag <laughs> exactly exactly it's like you just know how to do it and you know being raised on a mountaintop myself on solar power power with the catching the rainwater and of course we learned to be resourceful that was my my legacy my my childhood right so I could do it anywhere and I, I did I mean this is not a success topic this is about surviving to thriving financially for a minute right so while I was very successful and I have different definitions of success one was those definitions had nothing to do with money obviously <laughs> um so we were going to dinner one night and I saw this I don't know 20 something woman barely <laughs> I thought she was a teenager driving this really fancy Mercedes uh down sixth street Los Angeles 
you know, with the bling on the arms and that. And I'm looking at this girl at the stop sign. At the, I'm at the stoplight and she's like at the stop sign, stoplight. And I'm like, why don't I have that? Like, why can't I have that? And then it would just, it literally went boom in my head. You can have that. That's a choice. Mm-hmm. That's a choice. And from that moment on, I shifted. I mean, I'll, there's work to do, right? But I shifted my mentality, my mindset and said, I want what I do and that. I'm going to add that to the thing. I never added it as mm-hmm. a goal. And ever since I became more of a wealth attractor, I started to value myself more. That's actually the biggest piece. I'd love to hear that from you. Like, how have you overcome give me an example of 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 where you've overcome the mentality of surviving to thriving do you have a similar story like that when you went "Uh uh-huh it might have been a longer story for you I'm not sure and it doesn't have to be about the money but it's about the thriving um I have a lot of stories (laughs) (laughs) go through the, the files let's see which one and i will say that once you do make that that switch does go off you can't explain it to anybody you just can't they're, 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 but what does that feel like it's like you'll just know when you know and that's one of the more frustrating things and i remember being really frustrated by that myself like what do you mean i'm gonna know when i know like what what am i doing wrong and that was the first thing right the minute you're going what am i doing wrong all you're focused on is what you're doing wrong and you're you're continuing to affirm for yourself that you were doing things wrong life will always agree with you so if you say you're doing things wrong, life goes, fair enough. You're doing it wrong. There you go. You know, you get to have that, but you don't get to have this. Well, why? Because you're doing it wrong, right? Like change your mind. You can have yeah. that, but just decide you're doing it right. Or decide yeah. that, you know, you're, you're, you're finding new ways to do it right. Because, you know, in the end, doing it wrong, which some people are so afraid of, they're afraid of getting it wrong. They're so afraid of that, that they won't take the chance. And to me, getting it wrong or failing is just learning how not to do something. If you really want to learn how to do it, you're going to have to fall down. And yeah, it's no fun. It hurts. But once you've fallen down and you brush yourself off, uh, yeah, you might do it again. In my case, I I probably fell down on certain things 10, 20 times, you know, (laughs) it's like until I realized, wait a minute, I'm the common denominator. So, um, (laughs) you know, that's the thing I can do something about. And so once you've made that switch, you can always attract That does not mean, though, that you always do, because there's all sorts of other things that are also going on. So if you have more work to do, sometimes life will just give you another set of circumstances where that's no longer necessarily the issue, but it can become the issue because you start going back into old ways of being. For me, when I really knew that there was no limitation on what I could attract financially, I was married um, and my husband went through um, a, a best way to say it, just a complete emotional breakdown. And that's a whole other conversation. But in that process, he basically walked away. He worked in like the top 1% of the film industry. You know, we, we made that level of income. I had my own business, but he was the primary income owner at that that time and 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 you know he he had expenses and we had expenses that that really measured to that I mean you live where you where you live right and he basically oh, yeah. just, and you spend what you make when you live in those places yeah and and it's like oh all of a sudden he just walked away from it and mm. and I was it that was it it was me and if I didn't do it we were done 
Mm. And um, it was not exactly at that moment, but it was during that time that I realized, well, wait a minute. Yes, I can actually, like, why am I thinking I can't support this or I can't build this up or I can't do anything um, about this that we're going to have to have all this that doesn't have to look like that and I was literally we were driving up to Oregon to meet up with my folks um, to have a vacation and on the road I was doing business on the phone and I, I, I closed a deal at that time I was uh, doing a lot of stuff with high-end conferences and stuff and and um because personal development, spiritual development has been part of the art, spiritual development, performance, you know, it's always been the, the holy trinity. And um, I, I just, I was on the phone, I closed the deal, I hung up the phone, and it was just a light bulb, it went, oh, yeah, of course, I can do this. Of course, I can. And so what is that? Just, that is that that is that is something that triggers in what is that? For you what was that for you in your mind when you say of course i can what what should i gave myself permission i realized that the only person that was stopping me from having whatever i want and this is very simplified i'm not saying there wasn't deep work involved and that there isn't to this day deep work involved um but i just recognized that the only person that was telling me i couldn't was me and those yeah. stories came from all over the place they weren't necessarily stories I was born with, you know, but they were stories I was gifted <laughs> and, and I took them on as beliefs. Like, of course, this is how life is. Of course, this yeah. is the way it goes. Of course, this is what I deserve. And none of that's true. Not a single bit of that is true. You know, really talking about mindset, like really like tapping into a different mindset here. Yeah, I like to bring it down to the heart too, though. I like to bring it down to the emotions. I think a lot of people work on emotion, uh, mindset. And I think that mindset is triggered by emotion. Mm. And if you are not handling your emotional truths and lies and stories, then no matter what you do with your mindset, I mean, you can have affirmations all over your wall. They're going to challenge your nervous system. They're going to threaten your survival. Um, they're not necessarily going to buoy you and build you up unless you are emotionally healthy with what you are actually saying for yourself. So I tend to differentiate a lot of the work I do because of the fact that I deal in the emotional side of this as opposed right. to just specifically mindset. Not that mindset is not a huge part, it is. It's just they're, they're interconnected. And our synapse of our brain runs all the way down to our stomach, right? It runs right down to the the, so it goes through our heart, it goes through our, our intuitive center, it goes right to the gut. So this idea of trust your gut is actually very accurate. Mm. Synapse goes all the way down there for a reason. I love it. So so how do you, um, could you give us just a little tip? I mean, probably a lot of work, but uh, to really to do this, but what do you mean by um handling your emotion or emotional truth like what what is one way that you can start to take a look at that it's so simple um i use smartphones because everybody has smartphones i'll say set an alarm on your phone like three times a day make it the same as your ring so you don't put a special ringer on it because if we do that then we all of a sudden disregard it because oh yeah we know what that is forget it mm -hmm. so make sure it's your ringer because then you always have to look and on that right how am i feeling it's that simple. And when it goes off check and go, how am I feeling? Oh, oh. How am I feeling right now? Just start to ask yourself that question. 
the the simplest thing I can say wow. has the most profound effect is if you move towards the thing that actually allows you to feel better, your life will improve. It is literally that simple. Now, most people like, oh, okay, so I got to move towards that thing that feels great. It's like, no, you move towards the thing that makes you feel better. That thing that energizes you just a little bit. If you're down in a mud hole and you're up to your neck in mud, well, the thing that might make you feel better is the thing that's going to bring you out of the mud to your shoulders. Mm. <laughs> well, it doesn't mean it's going to take you out. It just means it's going to build you up. Yes. And then it might be up to your waist. Then it's to your ankles. And all of a sudden you're crawling, you know, and you're pulling yourself up. And eventually yeah. when you keep doing that, you pull yourself out of the hole. But it's step by step by step. There, There is no pendulum swing here. If we go, oh, my God, I've got it figured out. And we swing. We freak ourselves out because our survival instinct is wired into our nervous system mm -hmm. and our nervous system will create resistance where we're completely unaware. It will stop us in our tracks and we're completely unaware of it because it's like we don't know how to survive like that. So somebody who's been broken, struggling their whole life, they don't know how to survive wealthy. They have no clue. So there's the some of them don't know how to survive happy. Exactly. Well, happy is a whole other even the government couldn't figure that out. They said pursuit of happiness because they just couldn't figure out what it meant to be happy, right? If you're in a state of survival, of what how people can interpret that for themselves, uh -huh. uh, which affects your emotions and your well-being and everything about you, it's almost, it can be impossible to to get out of that state because you almost actually lean on it like a crutch. Like It's an addiction state exactly state of unhappiness state of demoralized a state mm -hmm. of i can't i can't be i'm not enough state of i can't do this a state of no one's helping me victim mentality all of these things start to swell and swell and become like everything that you are and um without some kind of trigger whether it's help a coach a therapist or or a change in your life or an aha like I had when I was walking down the street what what am I like I just literally pulled myself out of myself and said chili just shook her my inner self and said what are you talking about you can absolutely have that Mercedes if you just go after it you know that kind of like you need this trigger to to be able to get out of otherwise it's a spiral that's what they call a spiral effect of people not you're not able to get out of where you're at it goes deep though. It's um, I call it a foundational lie. It's 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 mm. things that that have happened between you know the age of zero and six that actually affect the majority of how we think of ourselves, and where we think we're damaged or broken, and how we try to hide it. And um, that's because we don't know any better <laughs> at that stage. We literally don't have the capacity. Our brain has not turned on a different channel, so everything begins and ends with us. So therefore, when something doesn't feel good for the very first time, we go, "What did we do wrong?" And what do we need to do differently? And the worst part is we go, oh, what did we learn from this experience? Now, this is what I learned to expect from life, right? And then because we're such incredible creators, because we are, um, that's what we do. Uh, we we create belief systems that, that support the idea that this is how life is. So anytime somebody says, this is just who I am, or this is just how life is, this is how, this is what always happens. That's a reflection of what, what I call, and I'm not unique in calling this the, the foundational life. Um, and there's, there's a lot to be said about the, the trigger that you're talking about. What I find is that 
the the most humbling part of this journey is the willingness to actually accept that you are an active participant. Mm -hmm. And what people find in their own dysfunction is that, oh my gosh, I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do it. Well, then somebody helps. And then they're like, I'm validated because somebody helped me. So I must be good. But then that help goes away. And then it's like, oh, my God, I don't really feel good. Mm. And this way I describe a lot of relationships because I went through a period of time professionally where I worked with a lot of couples and so forth. And um, it was like, hey, here's my dysfunction. Here's your dysfunction. And you can take this into business. You can take it anywhere. And you know what? I'll tell you you're amazing as long as you tell me I'm amazing. Mm -hmm. And then we'll be really happy because we'll tell each other how amazing we both are. Not that either one of them feel amazing, but as long as the other one's telling them mm -hmm. that they're amazing for a while, that's perfectly fine. So think of that in a business form. As long as you're out in the world going, yes, my business is amazing. And your client, okay, yes, your business is amazing. But there comes a point in time where you just don't feel like saying it one day, where you just it just isn't there. You're just like frustrated, whatever. Something happens and you're just like, huh, willpower is like a rechargeable battery. It has to be recharged. You cannot live on willpower alone. It will burn out. The day that it burns out and you decide, I just don't feel like telling you that my business is amazing, or I just don't feel like telling you that you're amazing. Well, things happen pretty quickly after that. In relationships, it's like, I'm not going to tell you you're amazing. What? You're not going to tell me I'm amazing? I'm not telling you amazing. And away we go. Break and the language is not always very pleasant. But in business, it's kind of like, I'm not going to tell you my business is amazing. And then people go, well, I don't really know that I feel like your business is amazing. So I don't, I'm not sure I'm going to make it. And it just goes on this, this spiral as you're talking about. Mm. Um, so the trigger to me, the point of no return where people will work with me is when they literally are going, okay. The, and this is not, this is a, a strange statement to say, because I don't think there's anything wrong with anybody, but they come to a place where they're like, what is wrong with me? Mm -hmm. And that's when they're actually either willing to do something or they're going to go to a, a really dark place for a while yeah and, you know and sometimes they go to a little dark place and then they do something but yeah the good news about all of that is that when you can say hey i am i have something to do with this i actually have something to do with what's happening in my life even if you can't stand where your life is right now if you can admit that that you have something to do with it everything can change i really like that um you know I always think about living in the contrast, which means, you know, not everything's hunky-dory and we can fabricate that. Oh, I feel good. Like you just mentioned, oh, everything's great. You know, and social media is a great tool for that, by the way, and is often used in that direction. Yeah. Yeah. But everything going in my life, everything's yeah. wow, wow, wow. It's all a show. It's all a charade. Yeah. Um, and, but when you get to a place of darkness, uh, or what I call the contrast, um, it's the pivot. It, it is a great pivot because, yes, you can go very dark and deep and maybe you need a lifeline and help, but but if whatever the circumstance, it's you need to know the contrast in, or, in order to live in the light. You need to be able to compare because if we're always living in the light and everything's wonderful, you will never know what it's like otherwise and so you don't appreciate what you have when you have it whereas if you can see the contrast as well and know what it's like when you don't have it whatever that it is then that's when you know you have abundance that's when you know you have happiness that's when you know you have um 
prosperity and all of those things because you're able to compare to the contrast, which is which is all through our lives. I mean, definitely through my life. I don't know about you. <laughs> I think you do. I think you know more about me than you're putting on. But anyway, I'm kidding. No, it's well, exactly- everyone else does it. <laughs> yeah, every you know the reality of of uh, I'm teasing. Um, the reality of that is, yeah, I agree. I think the paradigm we've been living in for a very long time says that you know you have to know pain in order to recognize pleasure. Um, I look forward to the day because I really do feel that it is possible just because we haven't necessarily seen it does not mean it does not exist and nor does that not mean that we can't create it we are creators after all is the idea that what if it didn't have to look like that like Mm -hmm. what if we really could move into a place where we value ourselves highly enough that we don't have to be without in order to recognize that we can have something um that to me is like I, I would, I believe that is possible. I can see that somewhere in, in reality. Um, and it would be nice to, to begin to feel that that's, but that becomes generational because the more, everything we get passed down, we get passed down all of these ideas. We get passed down all of this, like, this concepts and, and, you know, yes, there will always be darkness and there will always be light because if the light falls on a tree, your sun falls on the tree, you're going to get a shadow. There's light and dark at play, but neither one of those are bad. You know, the shadow is the cool and it's lovely and the sun is the bright and it's warm and they need each other in order to exist. Um, but neither one of those are pain. And neither one yeah. of those are angst. So I think that we can do this dance between the light and the shadow without necessarily having to go into deep, deep suffering. I just don't think that we have any real examples of it um, because those that have figured it out are those that exist in parts of the jungle that we don't get to. You know, they've, they've existed this way for eons because they're not affected by the screens and the technology and the corporations and everybody telling them what they should have and what they shouldn't have and, and the next big thing and what you're supposed to be focused on and how important it is that you have to do this and you must own a home and you must do these things and you must have this car. They're they're completely away from all of that. And I'm not saying that's idealistic either. I'm just saying that there is something to be said for the purity of that mindset, that emotional alignment that they actually naturally have because they're not being interfered with in the same ways. Whereas we're being subjected to so much that we're oblivious to. Our mind has 30,000 pieces of information happening all the time that it can actually process. There's more going on, but your mind is actually processing 30,000 pieces of information and any given millisecond that's going on. Like just thinking of that and then thinking of how much we're impacted by everything around us now we're in sensory overload all the time when you're an entrepreneur an entrepreneur uh, entrepreneur there we go uh, the the reality of like being bombarded bombarded with how you're supposed to do things the way you're supposed to do things what's next how what's this funnel how's that funnel what you're supposed to do how you're supposed to do it oh you don't need to do any of those things you could do it in one hour no you need to do 20 blah 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 and on and on and on and on and is it email is it social media is it what is it how is it it's absolutely intimidating i think yeah it's a really great uh Really great segue because I really wanted to get into like the female, the 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 woman in business and the woman 
Mm -hmm. uh, you know, being that entrepreneur, uh, uh, going from surviving to thriving. There's there's many examples in the world where we've seen very um, well-known uh, female entrepreneurs do really well, Ariana Huffington, Oprah Winfrey, those kinds of role models, right? And they're great role models for us, but but not everyone has a role model and they're or they're in a niche trying to do something interesting. Um, and it can be tough to find that 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 way, the path. Um, tell me something that you feel could be uh, inspiring for, you know, I get I get these young uh, entrepreneurs and, and and actually age is not not even part of it, but entrepreneurs that are just trying to start up something new, whether they are trying to start up a, a business. And I know that you've been in the business world for a long time, the creative business and the, and the coaching business for a long time, <clears throat> or moving from one career to the next because they, you know, I've been working with a lot of clients as a coach uh, of, of women, especially women who want to move from one career to the next or one job to the next, just looking for a new job as an example. Like what would be some of the things that could help them get into this, thrive mindset and emotional stability to feel like they can they they will someone will come or they are going to manifest like it'd be lo lovely to hear from your experience like how you've been able to make that possible for yourself uh well that's a big question in one word what can we yeah um it's um you know what comes to mind and we're going to use this as a metaphor and i know it's something that a lot of women would be really not comfortable doing and that's one of the reasons why it's coming up and i have actually told some of my female clients to do this and they've had a very profound experience with it where they've literally like stripped down to nothing and they have stood in front of a mirror and they have started to truly look at themselves all of it and 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 learn to find the things that they can really appreciate about themselves because mm -hmm. i mean let's face it we all it doesn't matter what you think somebody oh she's really pretty oh she's not i guarantee you even if she is the most beautiful woman you've ever seen she doesn't want to stand in front of that mirror and look at her flaws because she sees the flaws we all see the flaws mm -hmm. so this idea and you can use it as a metaphor use it anyway go inside look at yourself that way um, but this is a great doorway to that. The willingness to be able to really look at who we are is, in my opinion, the very first step to ultimately allowing us to be successful. Um, and that means we look at all of the parts that we can appreciate. We look at all of the parts that we want to reject and we come to a place of acceptance. You know, the mantra that all of my clients have always had is love, forgive, accept. Um, because if we can love, forgive, and accept ourselves, then the capacity to do great things in the world becomes very, very possible because we no longer have to feel judged or, or feel the need to judge. Mm -hmm. um, and that changes the paradigm a lot. And it doesn't matter whether you're in the cosmetic industry and in, 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 in the coaching industry, um, if you're building an indie artist career, if whatever it is you're doing, um, if you're working with kids, whatever, it's, it's 
understanding who you are first. Yep. And that means also understanding what your beliefs are. And that's the deep dive because your beliefs will be the difference between thriving and survival mode. Amazing. That's it. Your I beliefs- totally agree. I totally agree. I, you know, it's funny. I spend quite a few sessions or in my masterminds and programs that I have with, with, with people who are, who are, who coach with me. And we spend a lot of the work on the who am I piece and before the what you want and getting going after it. And a lot of them are like, well, can we just like get on with my, I want to, my goals and I want to go get, what, what do I do next? I'm like, we're not ready for that. We've got to do the inner work first. Let's mm-hmm. sit here for a, a bit and really get clear with who you are, not what who you were 10 years ago, five years ago, or even yesterday, but who you are now and where you, who you want to be and it's that inner work which is almost like a block like we it's hard to face it because also we're filled with perception of what other people think of me oh yeah it's funny it's funny you said stand in front of the mirror and see yourself raw like looking at in the mirror metaphorically we see so much we see it's, it can be very muddy because what we thought we were that little girl or boy get sitting in there going I'm amazing right I'm amazing has been smothered um, and pushed down to this last manager at your job who told you you were this or your uh your people on social media telling you this or people in business telling you this or your harshest critics have been telling you this your partner that you no longer want to talk to anymore is telling you this all of these things have and then, of course, what your parents were telling you and all of the stuff is just built up to that that little person inside you that said, I'm amazing. It's like, I'm amazing. Can you hear me? And you you can't because what you're seeing reflected in the mirror, I'm using your metaphor, is this muddiness. So how do you get to that clarity? You know, one of the things I know, and I've been a person to do this as well. Um, first of all, you've got to come to a a reckoning with yourself that you want to. <laughs> That's the first thing. Recognize that um, you want to take this journey and that this journey has value. And I, I will often say to individuals, it's like if you treat this as much and, and as importantly as you would treat closing a million dollar deal or receiving mm-hmm. a million dollar check, you're, you know, if you were to show up for yourself in the same way, because we would all show up to close a million dollar deal, we would all show up to receive a million dollar check. So if you can treat it like that, then you're going to set yourself up to succeed in doing the work. And then the other thing is recognizing that we can do a lot of work on ourselves, we truly can, we can do a lot of stuff, there's amazing stuff out there, there's all sorts of stuff, there's also a major saturation of stuff. And there's, there's a lot of possibility to go down um, interesting one way streets that may not be the appropriate street. So you can waste a lot of time sometimes trying to figure it all yourself. But I will tell you this for 100% fact, and this was true for myself as well. When you hit the survival aspects of your programming, the true survival aspects, they will stop you if you try to do anything differently because you are blind to them. They are literally what you do not know about yourself that are running on autopilot. That's when you want to be working with someone. That's when it's important to invest in the healing and the process and the knowing. And it's not just, oh, please give me the ways to be successful. It's, oh my gosh, show me who, what's happening for me inside. Show me what that truth is that I am not seeing for myself. 
Um, and if you, if you're willing to do that and it's an investment in yourself, I mean, it is, yeah. it's, it's, you know, it's, it, it, but it's, it's an investment that, that pays off for the rest of your life. Yeah. Yeah. Because exactly. it changes how you perceive life. It doesn't change your history. You can't go erase. I do a lot of work with people who have come through heavy trauma, mm. heavy duty trauma. And, um, I didn't, necessarily hang my shingle out for that but that's just yeah I've been through trauma myself so I think you you do get that which you have sort of experienced in a way um we attract who we are right so um but it's like if you're if you're if you're willing to just take that that moment and say I'm worth more than this therefore I will do what it takes to move past that trauma. It's not that the trauma will not exist. It's that the trauma will no longer trigger. And that's the point. And you can take that trauma all sorts of ways. Sometimes it's very dark and awful and horrendous stuff. Um, but sometimes it's something very simple, but it was so traumatic to the individual at that time because they were so young or whatever, that mm -hmm. it has just created this whole uh, ricochet effect that keeps rebounding back on them in their life. But the, the bottom line to all of it, and the simplest answer is to say, like, you can do a lot of work on yourself. And it's very important to keep yourself in this conversation and to surround yourself with things that remind you. At some point, though, we have to stop DIYing our best selves, because mm. if we knew how to be our best selves, we would already be them. Amazing. If we knew how to be our best selves, we would already be. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. You know, and I still, I, I still, I practice what I preach. I have people I work with regularly that are my people, my mentors, my teachers, my, my accountability folks that say, Hey, wait a minute. What are you doing? Yeah. Why are you doing that? It's like, um, I don't know. <laughs> well, the life, I mean, this life is not about like, you know, having it all all figured out and then you know and that's it like, and then, that would be so boring wouldn't it? when you figured it out you die right like life is about a journey of becoming and really that's what why we're here to discover ourselves right and so that's the lessons is really exploring we have um, to get over the too late too old to this to that when you said young entrepreneurs i look at that as not age related i look at that as somebody who i don't care if you're 65 if it's your first right. time coming into entrepreneurialism you're a young entrepreneur we we're in a society now where that those things are are no longer any level of boundary unless we psychologically think oh, right. it's too late that's right yeah no and i caught myself when i said it because i'm i'm definitely an example of someone who's always said age does not matter um, and I've said that all my life um, I've been reading this book and then I do want to get to uh, to some music too uh, while we're here I've been reading this book called uh, Blowing My Way to the Top by Jen Atkins she's a hairdresser uh, for the famous and mm -hmm. she came from a small town and came to LA kind of like I did with suitcase and like ready to make things happen and uh, one thing that she said is when she was going out to get investors for her hair salon, and it's, now it's a very well-known hair salon, um, you know, she, she, there's this one chapter where she's talking about how, you know, she, because she knew people, she got the meeting. So, she, and it was all, these meetings were always set up in restaurants where, uh, you know, it's kind of people could leave <laughs> easily, you know, and someone right. got to leave to go, okay, I need to leave, whatever. So, you know, she was recalling her first time she had to go and get some VC funding for her startup, her hairdressing salon startup. And she was terrified. 
She's like, I am not, I mean, I'm just a girl from wherever, some small town in America. Uh, you know, they're not going to believe me, you know, that nothing's going to happen. But then what she did is she did this, I think she looked in the mirror. She was like doing this mirror exercise. She put on the lippy, she did a hair, which she knows how to do famously. The stilettos, the, the, she, but she had the jeans with the jacket and she did something comfortable, but cute. Stella, she felt good. She put herself into like a feel good mode, talking about your emotions. Mm-hmm. And then um, and then she's, you know, going to the restaurant. And I'm kind of embellishing a bit, but it, it's, it's really a, a, a true story. And she sits down and, and they're all men, of course. And, <laughs> and she's the woman in the space here at the mm-hmm. restaurant about to try and, you know, ask for money, which is, I mean, it's one thing if you're like earning money or have money. Uh, or no money, but to ask someone else to give you money, that's a whole different yep. ball game because you really need to be able to sell, sell it, right, for these investors. So something triggered in her and she said, well, how am I going to sell it? And what what am I going to say? I don't, I don't know what to say. And then she realized she had it all. She had everything she needed. She could talk about her salon and her talent all day long and that's what Mm -hmm. she did she just talked about the salon she talked about her talent and she blew them out of the park she got the money that she needed because she was her authentic self she didn't try and be something that she's not right and she also gave herself a bit of strength with her the way she dressed and come in you know the guys were like totally like enamored of her right Mm -hmm. Uh, and she used it as her power you know to get the money so I just kind of wanted to give an example there of wrapping it up. Uh, and it, she's got her own traumas and all of that, right? But in that moment, she had to own her power. She, she became, her. yeah, she she decided who she was, right? Not not the stories, right? right? She decided who she was in that moment. Because at any given moment, we can decide, hey, I am this. Right. And the minute that we make that decision which is by, you know, definition, killing off everything else because the side is the same as homicide. It's got everything to do with like, get rid of that. Um, <laughs> the minute that we do that, we, we step into something new and different. But here's the trick to decisions because a lot of people are terrified to make decisions. They behave as if it's like, this is the only one we ever get. That's it. We never get another one. We better make the right one. So then we make no decisions whatsoever. Here's the deal. You can make a decision and then you can make as many decisions as required to make that decision right for you so everybody has permission now to go make decisions <laughs> yeah my mom used to say make a decision and make it the right decision mm-hmm. yeah and you can always make a new decision exactly make as many yeah. decisions as you need like oops I didn't recognize that that's the same thing like oh I made that decision oh my gosh I fell down that hurt yeah. Hmm. Okay. I can make a different decision now. Now I'm going to get back up, but I'm going to go that way. You Mm -hmm. know, that's my next decision. Awesome. It's like, we, we have as many decisions as we could possibly ever make in our lifetime. Plus. Well, now we're coming to a place where I need you to make a decision. Nice. That was a simple one. What song? See, songs of yours. And this isn't, this is going back. This is the throwback. To when you were just a little itty bitty girl making music. Um, I have always loved Temperamental Angel. Yeah, good choice. Yeah. Good choice. I don't know if anyone, everyone knows this, but every episode that I have, I ask my guests to choose a song from my vault of songs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> of which there are many. <laughs> Seems, to that you are. Seems to be. 
Well, we're going to listen to Temperamental Angel uh, and uh, we'll come back and have a little uh, talk. Okay, here is Temperamental Angel. Thank you. 
treat me like an angel, a right. mental angel. <laughs> oh my gosh, I remember. <laughs> like I totally recorded this uh, in Burbank. Um, with, at, the, with, at the shed? The... Uh, no, Evan Beagle and I did this yeah. in his studio. A shout out to Evan Beagle. Um, when I first came to LA, I auditioned a bunch of musicians at the Musicians Institute to do some gigs. And then I'm like, okay, we're going to go into the studio. And it was like, I totally wanted this Alanis Morissette kind of in the garage raw kind of sound. Mm -hmm. um, and that's what Temperamental Angel was. <laughs> you pulled it off. I remember you performing it at, was it Kulak's Woodshed? Or just, that's where I remember the first time I heard it. You know, uh, yeah, probably. That's yeah. A, that would have been a stripped down version of it. At cool. Oh life. yeah, no, of course. It was you and your piano, but it was all that was really cool because that's when they were first doing um, streaming, and you had the streaming stuff going on, and yeah. and you know, it was it was really it was really interesting. But yeah, that's always been a favorite of mine. Yeah, I loved it when the album was called Temperamental. Is called Temperamental Angel Two. It was my first kind of official album. It's interesting. Quick story is back in the day. Um, you know, artists were still wanting to get record deals. They're still, you know, sh schlepping their music around and to the record uh, companies. And I realized at that time that I wanted to think outside the box and take the path least travels, which I did, which was set up my own record label and release it myself because I'd just come out of a deal that that went south. It was actually was I was signed to a record deal, uh -huh. and like, like many artists, um, they go south. Um, in a, in a way, this wasn't necessarily a bad deal. It's just we never released the music and I just was so frustrated as a young artist. I, all I wanted to do was get my music out. Like I, just all I wanted is just to get my music out. And mm -hmm. um, and so I went on my own and, uh, you know, became my own entrepreneur with my own startup, which we didn't even call them startups at the time, but uh, my own music business. I had my own record company, publishing company. I was my own manager, my own publisher. I was my own promoter. I would, I would, you know, we did the the launch at the Mint here in Los Angeles and just packed out the room and got the ticket sales and did it, all of that, all the behind the scenes as well as the performing. Mm -hmm. uh, and I used to perform on stage with like canvases and paint at the same time, which is how you and I really started to connect because yep. you, you as a musician. And you came into my record label for a while too. And then we started painting together. And I was like, okay, this girl is my kind of girl. <laughs> um, and it's awesome. And we're going to play one of your songs at the end here. But before we do, um, you know, uh, coming, now we're all grown up, I guess. <laughs> I'm like, you know, a, a VP executive of technology companies. <laughs> are you still like doing performing and also business like tell us a little bit about where you're at today Deborah um yeah I am still performing and doing more and more of it it's like I'm 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 coming into this whole new phoenix rising <laughs> out of out of a, a career that kind of uh, got halted there for a while 
And um, and I'm excited about that and very excited about that. Um, like I said there's a lot going on and and I would love to just blah, blah, blah about it. But right now I, I can't, so I, I won't. Is but there anything that you can share with us? Yeah, I'm going to. And, and so, yeah, so I'm doing a lot of performing around town. I have a, I'm doing a, um, filming a live TV show um, in October, which is going to be a concert full band. This so, is in Nashville. Where this is at. in Nashville, but ultimately it's um, going to be broadcast and stuff. So I'll definitely keep you posted on all of that, but that's really fun. And it's going to be the first time for me because I've played as a solo artist here for years um, that where I really have, um, I have my guitar player that I've been playing with and writing with now for a few years, but um, we're now, we're having the, the full band come together, mm, which is nice. really cool and very exciting. And the music, it's like, I, this is not what I would call an industry interpretation. This is our interpretation. It's Swampabilly gospel blues. <laughs> the genre so i've grown a lot as an artist and um really truly kind of more going under the name of bishop than anything else and bishop is sort of the and um and because it, it speaks a little bit more to my personal evolution you know so i i really like that so that that's happening um i do consultations with people i do energy work with people um and energy is really just the the foundation energy is in the music that i do energy is in the performances that i give um i have been a speaker for years and i've gone around and spoke and i use music and um comedy actually a lot when i when i speak and um i i have my private practice which i i love i adore my clients um, and I adore what I do. I'm very passionate about it. And in the end, you know, the ideal client for me is literally, yes, an entrepreneur um, and an entrepreneur. Um, and but individuals who really, truly have just gotten to a place where, you know, they've kind of done everything and they've done it right. And they've done everything. They've done it right. But they still wake up kind of wondering why, like, why I'm doing all of this. I've done all of this. I'm practicing all of these things. I'm showing up. I'm, often they're working incredibly hard, much harder than they really, really need to. Um, and, and, and they're tired. They're exhausted. They just, they, they know that continuing to do it like that is not going to serve them. Mm. Those are the people that I work with because I can help them to change that channel to completely change that channel because it literally has to do with how they're wired. And, you know, when we rewire, which doesn't take that long um, and it's permanent, which is really kind of cool. Um, I, I have watched hundreds of people blossom, just blossom and thrive in such incredible ways. And I'm so grateful for that. And I call that my vocation. So um, those are all things that I'm doing and just, you know, my art and just Wonderful. the totems and stuff. It's it's like, I'm attempting to bring, and I am bringing everything together. It's, it's a slow process. Um, you know, you said at the beginning, you do so much and, and I do, and I can't help it. I can't, I, I don't know how not to. Um, but I will tell you this, it's not always as amazing as one might think. Sometimes it's a real challenge because you're being pulled in too many directions. And um, the one thing I would say that if I knew now, mm -hmm. right, if I knew, knew now, knew then what I know now, I would probably be a little bit more focused on specific things as opposed to just being like woohoo um you know but 
at the same time, I have no regret. You know, I have no regret that I had an interactive entertainment company or any of these businesses that I've had, um, any of these experiences, any of these shows, anything that I've done. There are no regrets. It's just the realization of waking up one day and going, you know, for everything I've done, it's time. It's time to have that next level of success and that next level of of freedom in in my life personally and with that has come all of these scenarios in, in taking that ownership has come all of these opportunities that are suddenly like bringing me full circle into this place where it's no longer about being segmented it's no longer about you know doing this but not doing that it's about really authentically being who i am and continuing to just simply show up i love that um you know i heard so much there one of them was about uh doing a lot versus getting focused. But then if you hadn't been, a, you know, multi-passionate or multi-passions entrepreneur, you may not have understood where you need to focus to and find your authenticity. I think one of the things that I've learned and that I, I speak about in everything that I do is about being a passion leader. Mm. And a passion leader comes from really following what you really love. And if you're following what you love, that is multi-passionate, that's still being authentic. Right. Um, uh, but you did touch on something there about uh, being able to, uh, uh, your next level of freedom is what you said uh, when you can start to focus. And I think that's that just is like an evolution. For you, I see this as an evolution of, all of these things that you're able to do that you've been able to do that you've been passionate about now is coming together to be to for your next you I can see it now for you even like it's coming was coming together but it's because of all the things that you've done and all the things that you've learned is now coming into this one authentic self which is all of it but more concise more mm -hmm. more framed more articulate more authentic even than before you're talking about the name that you come out with as an artist and who you are and getting clear and, and showing the world. It's just, it's so powerful. You're so, you're so strong and so powerful and so talented, Deborah. It's just Thank you. It's wonderful to have a conversation with you. I mm. totally get you. Thank yeah. you. The feeling good. is mutual, my friend. Good, good thing. Truly, truly. So we're going to end uh, on one of your songs, but before we do, uh, I did spew off a few uh, a website and, and social at the beginning of the podcast, but where would you like folks to find out more about you that you'd like them to see? Well, welcome to Bishop World. <laughs> Yes, you know, they can get there by DebraBishop.com too, or RevDebBishop.com. Um, it'll all take you to the same place. But Welcome to Bishop World kind of lets you know it is really a world. And um, it's the world that I run uh, or that I'm in charge of. And it, there's a lot of information there. That's wonderful. And we're going to uh, end on this music called Peace Be. Can you want to tell us a little bit about it before we go there? Yeah, Peace Be is... Um, it's a very chill, it's kind of like a little bit of a hypnotic kind of tune, but it's very much like the peace background. It's very much sort of a platform for me. It's, it's really a situation of just going, you know, if it were possible, wouldn't it be amazing to, it's like the first line is, you know, if I could, 
um, you, you know, if I could, I would silence all the angry words and, and give up the fight. You know, it's it's this whole idea of just peace be. Peace out here only starts when we have peace inside. So this song is very much about that journey, about having peace inside and out. Wonderful. All right. Well, this is Deborah Bishop and her song, Peace Be. And thank you so much, Deborah, for coming today to my entrepreneur podcast, the Creative Entrepreneur Podcast. You're truly an entrepreneur, and uh, I'm so happy to have you on my journey as well. So thank you. Thank you. Come and join us at thecreative.com, C-R-E-A-H-V-E.com, or find us on social. Or find me, Jilly Moon. See you soon.
come in peace.